Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to an all-new Sermons in the Park podcast exclusive episode. As always, I am your Reverend Jamie McCaskill. I want to take this time, like I do each and every time we do one of these, just to say thank you for joining me here. I know that the podcast isn't uh, growing as fast as I would like, and let me tell you, it's definitely not as fast as the bit shoot is. Um... Originally, you know, when I let, when I started noticing all the religious channels, you know, dis, uh, having issues with YouTube, uh, getting flagged for inappropriate, quote unquote, inappropriate content. And by that, I mean, they're telling the truth in this, uh, world that believes in relativity, you know, the whole the world's belief in <clears throat> my truth is is more important to me than your truth and your truth is important as long as it doesn't conflict with my truth and that whole thing where let me tell you something there is no my truth there is no your truth there is only the truth and when people like myself and um brother david white and all these others who who preach Biblical truth, and by that I mean the truth. People get offended because, let's face it, the truth hurts. Because no matter what I think, if it is the truth, it is the truth. So if I, you know, if you come to me and you say, Brother Jamie, blah, 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 right? And as long as it's the truth, hey, it might hurt me, but it's the truth. And so because of that, there have been YouTube channels getting flagged or taken down or whatever. Anyway, as I was noticing this, I decided, hey, I better set up some alternate video sites just in case someone starts flagging me. So I decided I would go with Rumble because I had heard good things about Rumble. And Rumble's kind of fizzled. I get one, maybe two views over there on my videos. And then I saw another one of the YouTubers that I follow. He suggested uh, on his ministry videos, BitChute. So I set up a BitChute. Now BitChute and Rumble are two video sharing platforms similar to YouTube. And... Pause here because I want to let you know if you hear the dog barking in the background again that is my neighbor's dog who barks at anything. He hears me in here moving around. He barks. Anyway, so I set up a bit shoot and um, I started noticing recently uh, bit shoot is blowing up. Um, I guess BitChute actually suggests my videos to people. And uh, along with some of my friends, uh, Guy Pelton and several others. Um, and my BitChute has got twice the views that my YouTube channel does. So BitChute is doing amazing. So... And no, this is not an advertisement for me. I'm just telling you flat out. 
my ministry's blowing up over there on on bitch. <laughs> um, so I hope that you know the podcast will as well because um, I enjoy doing this podcast a lot more than I well. I enjoy my ministry anyway, right? But I enjoy the podcast more because what you don't see, right? Because you're just hearing my voice. I'm a lot more relaxed here. You might actually notice it when you're listening. By listening to my voice, you might notice, hey, you know, brother, uh, Reverend McCaskill sounds a lot more relaxed because I am. I'm just sitting here on my couch and whatever I'm wearing, I'm not sitting here, I'm not putting on my collar and my robes and the stoles and the rings and all that. And, and I'm not setting up a background and, you know, I'm just relaxing and talking here with you. Like if we were on the telephone. So I'd really like to see the podcast blow up. That's why I ask if you can find a way, share it, share the link to the page um, whatever, you know, if you're on Facebook and you see the, 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 where I shared the podcast episode, share it, you know, I'd like for the podcast to become a, a bigger part of our ministry. Um, cause you, you see, I'm using it a lot. You're listening to a podcast exclusive episode on apostle Paul. So share the, share the podcast, um, Definitely share the bit shoot YouTube and all that. It's still a part of the ministry, and I do talk about the ministry, uh, the podcast on our episodes, right? So people know about it. Anyway, today we're going to do something a little bit different, if you will. Um, we're going to look at some. I guess you could call them. Frequently asked questions concerning the Apostle Paul. In fact, you know what? Let's just call it that. The Apostle Paul frequently asked questions. Now, maybe I'll answer some of your own questions about the Apostle Paul. So let's start with one that I know, yes, I have answered it several times as we've been going through his life. But so let's answer that one first. It's the easiest one. And that is, what was the Hebrew name of the Apostle Paul? Now, this one we can answer by just reading Acts chapter 9, verse 1. It says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest. Who we're reading about here? The Apostle Paul. And we're seeing his Hebrew name here. And what was his Hebrew name? Saul. That's right. Now, how about we answer another one? Let's go with another one that's kind of simple and easy. Where was the Apostle Paul born? We can answer this one in Acts chapter 21, verse 39, where we read, But Paul said. So we, we got Paul here telling us where he was born. I am a man which am a Jew of, that's right, Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, a citizen of no mean city. And I beseech thee, suffer me to speak unto the people. So what do we know here? We know that the Apostle Paul is born in the Roman free city 
of Tarsus, right? Now, let's answer one that I'm going to be honest with you. I did not know this before doing research on the Apostle Paul. And that is, what tribe of Israel was the Apostle Paul from? So, in doing a little reading, we find out that the Apostle Paul was actually raised in an Israelite family that was from the tribe of Benjamin. We see this when we read Romans chapter 11, verse 1. Paul says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, and here it is, of the tribe of Benjamin. So let's move on to another one. In his youth, what kind of an education did Paul receive? Because, you know, education is important to everybody, right? We worry about the education of our children. There are people who will move to different towns to make sure their child gets into a school that they want them to be in. So let's answer this one about Paul. What, you know, what kind of an education did he have? The answer to this one is found, if you were to go read Acts chapter 26, verses 4 and 5, where we read, My manner of life from my youth which was at the first among mine own nation in Jerusalem, at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning. If they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. That's right. The Apostle Paul was trained by the Pharisees to be a Pharisee. In fact, later on, Paul calls himself the Pharisee of Pharisees. That's how strict he was to the law. Let's go to a different one. Was Paul, or Saul, initially favorable towards Christians? I know some of you already know the answer to this one, but there are people who ask this. There are people who believe the Apostle Paul was a Christian from the beginning, but we know that's not right, right? So let's look. This one will not be this one we will not be reading, okay? I want to make that clear. But if you want to do it on your own, you can feel free to go read it after we're done here. You'll find the answer to that when you go read Acts chapter 8, okay? Read that whole chapter. If you read that, you'll read that Saul, who was taught the ways of those self-righteous Pharisees because like I said he was a Pharisee of Pharisees the Pharisees are the ones that arranged for Jesus to be crucified Paul had absolutely no love at all for Christians before he's converted when reading you will see if you go back and read chapter 8 okay, of Acts you will read That Paul would go to people's houses searching for people who were, as he says, in the way. And he would arrest them. So this might make you ask yourself, right? How zealous was Paul for Judaism? The Bible makes it very clear that Paul's zeal knew no bounds. In fact, 
we read that he was the one that would go to the high priest asking for permission to hunt down the members of the early morning church so that he could bring them back to Jerusalem in chains so that the Pharisees could punish them. Let's read Acts chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, see that verse called the way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Think about someone like that. Just think about them. And then ask this. How did God get that man's attention? I'm going to answer that for you. God blinded him with light from heaven. And then Jesus spoke to him in a booming voice. That is how they got his attention. Paul was on his way to Damascus looking for Christians in synagogues so that he could arrest them and take them back to Jerusalem. And this light causes the God sins, blinds Paul for three days. And brothers and sisters, not only did it get his attention, it gave him time to repent. <laughs> Amen. Take a look with me. Acts chapter 9, verse 3 to 6, where we read, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said unto him, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled and astonishedly, and he trembling and astonished said, "Lord, what wilt thou have me do?" And the Lord said unto him, "Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do." Now let's skip down a couple of verses and continue to read. Okay, let's look at verses eight to nine. And Saul rose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened. He saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did he eat nor drink. Now, of course, God, God did this, right? He did this because he had something that he wanted Paul to do. So let's ask this question. What did God want to accomplish through Paul? God gave Paul a threefold mission. That means it has three parts. He wanted Paul to preach the gospel to the pagans, which of course are the Gentiles. And he wanted him to also preach it to the rulers and the king, or, or the kings, if you will, and also to the children of Israel, wherever they were. Take a look. Acts chapter 9 again. We're going to look at verses 15 and 16. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. 
for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So here's another one we need to answer. After Paul's conversion, did it take him a long time to preach? Well, not according to the Bible. In the Bible, it says that after his conversion, he immediately started to preach. Now, I'm sure that, you know, while he was training to be a Pharisee, he would have learned public speaking, right? We see that his preaching was so powerful that people wanted to kill him. Take a look. Acts chapter 9, chapter 9 is still, we're going to be there probably for a while. Verses 19 to 22, we see, And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain, then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, is not this he that destroyed them, which called on it on this name in Jerusalem? Sorry, I've lost my place. <laughs> it's, it's early for me. And came hither for that intent, that he might bring them bound unto the chief priest. But Saul increased the more in strength, and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. And then again, we have to ask another question. How did he escape his first death threat? Well, by sneaking away while it was dark. And then, of course, he was lowered down the wall so, so that he could flee. We read this in, again in chapter 9, Acts chapter 9, verses 23 to 25. And after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. But their laying await was known of Saul, and they watched the gates of and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night, let him down by the wall in a basket. Now remember, Paul had been hunting them down. Right? Paul had been hunting these disciples. He was, he was going to kill them. He was going to, or if he didn't kill them, he was going to send them back to Jerusalem in chains. Paul was hell bent on taking down the early morning church. So, you have to ask a question: Did the did the disciples and the other true believers of Christ accept him readily? Let's take a look and read. Verse 26, Acts chapter 9, verse 26. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. So that answers our question. No, they didn't. Now, here's another one that <laughs> I had to go looking for. So, where were Christians first called Christians? Like I said, I had to go looking for this. 
because I often thought about this one a lot. But I was surprised to find that that took place in Antioch. Take a look. Acts chapter 11. Let's look at verses 25 and 26. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So let us ask this. How were Paul and Silas freed from a jail? Because this is one of the greatest stories ever told about Paul, honestly. But they were freed by an earthquake that was sent miraculously. It shook so violently that all of the doors to the cells in that particular jail flew open. And their chains, the ones that were around their ankles and probably wrists, they just fell off. Acts chapter 16, verses 25 and 26. And at night, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened. And everyone's bands were loosened. Now, I can't believe I put this one in here as many times as I have answered it. Because I've answered this question a lot. In fact, I did a whole sermon dedicated to it recently, didn't I? A whole podcast exclusive to this particular question. But it was part of the list of questions that I found. So let's just go ahead and answer it again. (sighs) Did Paul ever benefit from his Roman citizenship? Applause, screams, cries. Yes. Yes, he did. Remember, it kept him from being beaten after his arrest at the temple in Jerusalem. Let's read it again, shall we? Acts chapter 22, verse 25. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? Pause for applause. All right, so let's answer this one. Did he safely travel? Did he safely travel from Caesarea to Rome? Now, If you read, you will see that the ship that Paul was on, the one that was coming from from the Mediterranean, it suddenly just encounters this storm. And and this storm, it damages the ship. And it caused it to uh, wander aimlessly in the sea, you know, for at least two weeks. And it finally ran aground in Malta. Now... If you read that one, and if you want to go read that one, I should say, uh, that one takes place in Acts chapter 27. And you know that I'm not going to read that in a, a whole chapter in a podcast exclusive. I just don't do that. Now, for all of you preachers out there, 
Let's answer this question. And for all of you who are wondering why I'm asking the preachers to go read this one with me, it's simple because that question is, did Paul always receive financial support? And that answer is no. Paul did not receive a lot, I should say, of financial support for his ministry. In fact, Paul would often build tents to make money. You know, there were even times in Paul's ministry where someone would offer him money and he would refuse it. Like in the church of Corinth. Because, you see, these people, they had a a spiritual immaturity. And if you want to read it, I'm not going to go read it uh, here because, again, this is another uh, chapter you'd have to go read. But you can read about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Um, Feel free to go read this on your own. And if you think I'm taking that wrong, feel free to message me. I'll listen. But in all my studies, I can honestly say Paul did not receive a lot of financial support because Paul actually built tents to support himself. So no, Paul did not receive a lot of financial support. All right, now let's answer this question. Was he ever intended, or I'm sorry, was Paul ever intimidated by the apostles? You see, Paul, he had a strong conviction. He he was taught by the Pharisees. And like I said, he considered himself the Pharisee of Pharisees. So I'm sure that Paul learned how to debate with people. You know, how to argue doctrine. How to teach, right? And also the the traditions. We see that he did not hesitate to confront Peter who was acting in a way that was not very gospel-like. If you want to read that one, that one's also a full chapter. Galatians chapter 1, feel free to go read it. Um, So let's ask another question. Who were Paul's traveling companions? Who were his buddies, right? And for this one, we have several people to look at. And we'll try to break some of them down. Uh, Remember, he took five evangelistic missions. And we know that his his companions were Barnabas. Um, We read this one in Acts chapter 11, verses 29 and 30, where it says, Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. We also have Mark, right? Um, Also, you know, by Mark, I mean the one, the Mark called by John Mark. Okay. Acts chapter 12, verse 25. And Barnabas and Saul returned to Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, John, whose surname was Mark. So John Mark. Then we have Barsabbas and Silas. 
We read that in Acts chapter 15, verse 22. It says, Then pleased it the disciples and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, surnamed Barsabbas and Silas, chief men among their brethren. So this Judas Barsabbas, okay, as well as Silas. Then there is, uh, and, and then, um, I lost my place again. I'm making sure I have the right verses pulled up here. And, and then we had who? We had Priscilla and Aquila. It's, uh, that's in Acts chapter 18, verse 18, where we read, And Paul, after this, tarried there yet a good while, and then took his leave of the brethren, and sailed thence into Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila, having shorn his head in Centuria, for he had a vow. And of course, the long list of, uh, you know, there was Sopater of, uh, Sopater of Berea. There was, uh, I am going to butcher these Greek names. <laughs> so there was Sopater of Berea, Aristoch, Aristarchus, Secundus, Gaius, Tychicus, Trophimus, as well as Timothy, right? Those we all read about in Acts chapter 20, verse 4. And there accompanied him into Asia. Oh, I'm going to butcher him again. Sopater of Berea and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus and Gaius of Debris and Timotheus and of Asia to Tachicus and Trophimus. And then we have, oh boy, we have Luke, right? We see Luke in chapter in Second Timothy chapter four verse eleven. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Okay, and here we are. We're at the last question for today. Um, who referred to Paul as an apostle? Again, we've already answered this one several times, right? but we're going to talk about it again. That was the Apostle Peter. Peter does this in his second Bible book. We read him refer to Paul's special calling and also the unique understanding that was given to Paul to convey God's precious truth. Precious truth. The truth. The only truth. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. We read, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless, and account the long suffering of our Lord as salvation, even as our beloved brother Peter, also according to the wisdom given unto him, written unto you. Now, you've heard me quite frequently on here mention the truth. And um, one thing that I think a lot of people, especially people who grew up in the church, have a hard time dealing with is the fact that you either have to accept the whole Bible as the truth or you have to deny every bit of it. You can't 
pick and choose which verses you want to accept. You can't pick and choose which stories you want to say is true and not true. Because the whole Bible is the truth or none of it is. Because you can't, because you just can't pick and choose at it. We're told several times in the Bible this, okay? In fact, let me tell you something. How many of you have heard some, I might have already said this. I'm pretty sure that if you go through my YouTube videos or, you know, you're going to find me say this, but I'm going to say it again. How many people have you heard say, that may be the God you worship, but that's not the God I worship. And these people call themselves a Christian. There is no my God and your God. Because the God that you worship, if you do not worship the God that the Bible says it is, then the God that you're worshiping is an idol. I was guilty of this myself. Okay? Everybody is. Where they have this idea in their head of this cuddly God who tells them everything's okay. That that uh, it's okay if you stole that candy bar. You were starving. Does the Bible say that it's okay to steal to eat? No, the Bible says, thou shalt not steal. The Bible says that thieves have their, have their place in hell. So no, it's not okay that you stole. We have this cuddly and cute God, right? The ones that you cute and cuddle up to who says it's okay that you told that lie. You saved your friend from losing their job. Well... That's not the Bible says. The Bible says that thou shalt not lie. And then later we see liars have their all. It literally says all. All liars have their place in the in hell. So. Except the whole Bible. Or none of it. Because you either worship the God of the Bible. Or. You worship an idol. It, as I said, the truth it hurts, right? You either accept the whole word of God or none of it. You can't call yourself a Christian. And yet, in one hand, and then on the other hand, support abortion. Because you're supporting murder. Oh, but it's that woman's right. Oh, it, she, she, that poor woman. That's a baby. That is a human life. And she wants to kill it. it it's. Then, you know, speaking of abortion. One of the things that, that, that in, in my own heart, I, I cry. I cry when I think about this. The same people who will stand in a picket line for animal rights, who, 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 who 
who who don't want to see oh I don't know they don't want to see the western spotted snow owl they don't want to see it go extinct well then turn around and drive across town and and, and picket for abortions to be legalized do you see the the contradiction there you 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 don't want to see the western spotted snow owl go extinct but kill that baby it's that woman's right that, that that's i don't want to turn this into that but um the truth is the truth is what i'm getting at you either support the you either accept the whole bible or you don't accept any of it because the Bible is the word of God. And that's how he talks to us. If you have a thought in your head. I heard a preacher one time say, and, and, and I believe this. I strongly believe this because you've heard me a few times talk about how God has spoken to me. And that preacher, what what he said is also how I used to judge whether or not I believe what I heard was the voice of God. And he said this. He said, how do we know that what we heard or what we thought or what we saw in our dream is the word of God? How do we know? We compare it to what we know from the Bible. Because God will never Pay attention to this. Um, and this is aimed at somebody specific on Facebook who I grew up with in the church, whose father was a pastor, who has since become on the other side of that. <laughs> um, how do we know if what we thought or felt or whatever is from God God never contradicts himself. God never changes. What God said then, God says now. For instance, I'm just making up this off the top of my head. God is never going to come to you in a dream, speak to you in a voice, give you a feeling Go down to the store, take your gun, rob that store, shoot that clerk to make sure that you are are never caught. And take the money and do whatever. God wouldn't tell you to do that because that's evil. So if you know that God would never tell you to do that. That's not God. God's not going to tell you to go in your neighbor's yard and steal their their fruit to feed your family because God's word says thou shalt not steal. God's word says thou shalt not kill. God will never contradict what the Bible says. God said it then. God says it now. And this thing is going extremely longer than it usually does, isn't it? <laughs> the podcast usually is not this long. 
Um, so I pray I taught you something here today. I pray that something that, that I added to this, uh, that wasn't planned, um, was something you needed to hear because there's got to be a reason I was told to say it. Um, so thank you all. I pray the Lord blesses each and every one of you. And I hope you'll return here tomorrow night for the, or (laughs) return here tomorrow for the all new podcast exclusive. And then of course, Sunday for the sermon in the park. Thank you and God bless you.